Come on. Uh, tonight, we are finishing up our fasting series. Somebody say amen. Come on, y'all got to get more excited for, for to be done with fasting. Can I get an amen from somebody? Right? How many of y'all fasted in here? Let me see. Let me see. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Oh, come on. Come on, my people. So proud of you. So proud of you. How many of y'all fasted for the very first time? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Oh, come on. Can we celebrate them? Come on. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Uh, I will tell you this, uh, it does not get easier. Can I get an amen from somebody? I wish it did, but it doesn't, and that's okay. Uh, how many of y'all know that you, we like to be the kind of people who can do hard things? Can I, can I get an amen from somebody? Right? Nobody gets excited because they go like, man, I was born into money. I never grinded. I never had to work hard. I never tried. I never had any tough things happen. My life has been easy. Nobody gets excited and goes, man, you're my hero. Man, you're the best person ever. Nobody goes, man, everything's been handed to me on a silver platter. Those are not our heroes. We love the people who have, been, who have grinded, who have worked hard, who have given parts of themselves up in order to accomplish great things. And can I tell you, it's the same way in your walk with Jesus, that when you give things up, when you sacrifice, you get amazing things on the other side of it. So um, how many of y'all uh, have heard about this event that we're doing on this Saturday? It's called Branded by God. How many of y'all have heard about this event? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple people, a couple people. Here's what it is. We are doing a youth and young adult worship and prophetic night. We're bringing in some communicators who are prophetically gifted. If you don't know what prophetic means, prophetic means that they would hear something from God and that they would speak it to you and it is something that has not yet happened or it's a truth and they would speak prophetically to you without knowing you. They wouldn't look on your Facebook page if you have a Facebook page still. They wouldn't look at your Snapchat score and be like, wow, you're very popular. Like that's not that's not them being prophetic. That's them just being uh, being observed observative and uh that is saturday at 6 30 right here in this building and afterwards we got pizza yo to break the fast i don't know where the pizza's from but it doesn't really matter because it's free can i get an amen from somebody come on the best food in the entire world is free food can i get an amen from somebody right Right, you like, I'm not even a big fan of Taco Bell, but like free Taco Bell, like I could, I could put down, you know what I'm saying? So um, I wanted to talk about this. I wanted to talk about voices. Turn to your neighbor and say voices. Look to your other neighbor and say voices. Look to your other neighbor and put like a little, a little Boston accent on. Put voices. Voices, right? Here's the thing about voices is that they are unique. Can somebody say Unique. Voices are unique, and here's, here's how I know, is that you can recognize different people's voices based off of, like, one word, right? Like, if your mom yells from the other room, you don't get it confused with, like, a sibling. You know it's your mom straight up. It might be the accent. If some of y'all were raised like my wife, it's the language that she yells in, right? A little Espanol, and you're like, oh, Lord. If, or, or if you were raised in maybe a more Midwest home, when the middle name comes out, you're like, oh, my Lord, I just saw Jesus flash before my eyes, right? Like, I'm ready, Lord. I'm prepared. Into your hands, I commit my spirit, Jesus, right? And one of the things that we recognize with voices is that voices have power. Can somebody say amen? That's why it's actually so important when I ask you to say amen or I ask you to help me preach, I'm actually asking for you to be a part of what is happening tonight. Not just to be somebody who sits and watches a TV screen or watches somebody else communicate. The difference between a TED Talk and a message is because you are an active participant. I'm asking you to be a part of what God is doing tonight. So um, how many of y'all still make phone calls? Like you got to call somebody. No, no, no. Okay, hold on. Let me clarify. Not FaceTime. Put your hands down, you bunch of liars. Start over, right? How many of y'all still make phone calls? 
How many of y'all make phone, how many of y'all have ever gotten a phone call from somebody you are not anticipating a phone call or you guys are not there in the relationship and you're like, ooh, I am not answering this, right? Come on, come on, come on. When you get a phone call, there's like this thing of fear in you, right? You're like, who is calling me right now, right? Especially, how many of y'all get like the late night phone calls from a friend and they're like emotional or they're like in their feels? They're like, I never should have let her go. You're like, bro, it was third grade, chill out. Right? Like it's not that it's not that big a deal. But when you make a phone call, the reason why we make phone calls and don't send a text is not because it's faster to communicate. I would argue some people actually communicate better through text than through vo- verbal communication. Can I get an amen from some ladies in the in the room? All right, talking about some fellas who are like, uh, uh, right? Like that's like the depth of their conversation. And the reason we love voices is not, is not because we can communicate better. It's because we can hear. And when they speak, the Bible actually talks about when we speak in our mouth, in our voices, we have the power of life and death. That's why, like, when, when somebody who you love, who cares about you, looks at you and goes, oh, mijo, Right, and you're like, oh, right, you're like all, all the all the fellas who've got like a Latina lady in their life, like uh, an older lady, not a younger lady. Some of y'all are being a little weird right now, but when she looks at you and she goes, oh, me, right, you're like, oh, I just want to hug now, right? Like it's just this, it's and and what it would be in the Midwest, it would be like a grandma who's like, oh, sweetie, right, and you're like, oh, right. It creates this this thing inside of you, not because the words are special. Not because Miho is special, not because, not because Sweetie is, is special, but because of the voice connected to it. Somebody say, my voice. Some of y'all's voices I've never heard before because you just sit here quietly and never say anything to anybody ever. And can I tell you that your voice is important. Your voice matters. And, and not when it just comes to uh, uh, political or polarizing topics, but the positive things that you can bring with your voice in other people's lives. So. Um, I remember, I remember, uh, when I first got a phone, it did this thing, it flipped, right? Anybody else, anybody else still have one of those, right? There's a couple people. Um, my, my favorite thing is, uh, whenever you would finish a phone call, there was this super like, like oomph, authentic, real, like chutzpah, like something just like machismo about it, where you would slam the flip phone shut. And you'd be like, I'm done talking. And everyone around you knew like, oh, they just finished that phone call, right? It just let everyone know. Now it's just our chubby thumbs hitting the touch, the touch button and then missing it sometimes. Can I get an amen from some people? And one of the things that I love about, about phone calls is that immediately you feel connected to the person you're talking to. When you talk to somebody on the phone, right, like I remember, uh, how many of y'all have ever been nervous when you like start at a new school or maybe a new job or move somewhere? Come on, come on, a couple people, right? How many of y'all remember starting middle school, right, or starting high school, and you're like, the kids are so big, right? Like all the other kids are ginormous, and you're like, they're really not. The average man is five foot nine, fellas, I'm sorry, right? That's what it is. It is what it is. And what I would tell you is it's not there. It's, it's our perspective, not the reality, we think it's intimidating when it's not really, because once you've gone through middle school, you're like, man, I was so scared for like nothing, right? Like I, I really was worried and it wasn't as big a deal as I thought it was. 
But I remember being nervous about middle school. I remember being nervous about high school and I had a tribe leader and I called this tribe leader and I go, hey, I'm really nervous. And he proceeded to coach me and he goes, hey, it's not that big a deal. I promise you, you're gonna be, you're gonna make friends. You're gonna have fun. You're gonna, uh, you're gonna get to go from class to class. Y'all remember that jump from elementary school to, you're like, oh my gosh, goodbye teacher. I'm now going to a separate teacher, right? And then uh, very rarely does it happen. Once you go through middle school, you don't accidentally call your teacher mom. Can I get an amen from some people who've accidentally done that before, right? The most embarrassing thing in the world is when you go like, hey, mom, and everyone heard it, and you're just like, I just want to curl into a ball and never, never emerge ever again. I'm going armadillo status. Here we go. So, but I remember being nervous about middle school and high school, and I talked to this tribe leader, and what made me feel better was not that he told me all these specific cool hacks on how to get through middle school. He didn't give me the TikTok hacks before TikTok hacks. He didn't speak to me all these dynamic like, oh, man, you know what you need to do? You need to find the biggest kid and punch him in the mouth. That way nobody messes you. Like, that's not what he told me. All he told me was things that I'd already heard, but hearing his voice let me know he was for me. When you hear someone's voice, it lets you know they're either for you or against you, right? When you talk to somebody, there is a connection made. And I remember being stressed and worried. And what I don't remember is I don't remember the words, but I remember that he was willing to take my phone call and talk to me. I don't remember all the dynamic or whatever nuggets of wisdom on passing middle school gym class. Just get through it, bud, right? But I remember him spending time and hearing his voice and hearing the voice of someone who loved me and cared for me. And can I tell you this, that God has a voice? Can I tell you this, God has a voice just like me and you? Can I tell you God has a voice and he's actively speaking But what I would ask is, are we listening? We do a really good job of of telling God, of talking at God, but do we do as good a job listening? And I would argue, no, we don't. I wanna show you this. John 10, verse 27 says this. It says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my head, out of my hand. John 10, 27 says this, my sheep hear my voice. How many of y'all have like a pet at home, right? How many of y'all got pet? Hopefully nobody here has pet sheep because that'd be weird. And you would immediately identify yourself as living in Marana. Hello. Um, and one of the things that happens with your pet is your pet starts to recognize the different tones in your voice. True? False? Right? When you're excited to see them, they're like, unless they're a cat, then they just hate you 24-7. But, but like a dog, maybe a goldfish, I don't know, a gerbil, I don't know if they recognize tones of voice. But more classically with dog, because if they do something bad, can I get an amen? And your voice changes, they're suddenly like, right? They suddenly give you like, they could be 47 year old dog and they can still get a puppy face, right? You're like, you don't understand, right? They're like, "Mm, I didn't mean to, right? You're like, you totally meant to. You pooped in the same spot that you always poop in the house, right? And one of the things that I would tell you is that we learn people's voice. We, the only way we learn people's voice is by being with them consistently. If you struggle to know God's voice, the only way you will learn his voice is by being around him consistently. You can't learn his voice from somebody else. You can't learn his voice from Pastor Taylor. You can't learn his voice from, from David. You can't learn his voice from somebody else, from these worship leaders, and go, man, I can hear God. No, no, no. The only way you learn God's voice is by being around him, you being around him. 
And here's the first point of my message. God is speaking. Am I listening? God is speaking. Am I listening? And, and, I, and I wanted to tell you this. Uh, I wanted to ask this question. How many of us can hear but not listen? Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Right? Every single hand should be raised in the place because here's how I know. People have asked you to do something and you heard it, but you didn't listen to it. Right? I classically, I, my, my constant joke I go to is when mom asked you to pull the chicken out of the freezer and you heard it but didn't listen, and now the whole family's gonna starve because the chicken's still frozen, and you're like, how do I warm this up, right? Like, you're starting a fire in the kitchen trying to warm this thing up. And I remember there were moments in my life when I could hear, but I wasn't listening, right? As, as you get married, as you get older, as you start entering into the dating world, uh, what we're really good at is listening at the start of a relationship, and we get progressively worse. Can I get an amen from somebody? Right? Like, we're really good at the start. Like, man, I just love listening to you talk about video games, babe. And then you get like a year in and you're like, stop talking about Minecraft. You're 37 years old. Stop it. Right? And one of the things that will start to happen is we will become disinterested in listening because our attention, our focus has shifted. Our focus has shifted because our attention is no longer on pursuing, but maintaining. When we're pursuing, we listen. When we're maintaining, we hear. And here's the difference between hearing and listening. Hearing is when it hits your eardrums, and you're like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Listening is when you hear it and do something with it, either positive or negative. Listening is when you do something with it. Hearing is just it, it, the audio connecting with our eardrums. And here's, here's the question I think we're probably asking is, but PT, how does God speak? Ask that. Say, how does God speak? How does God speak then? Um, I like to think like, oh, man, what, what, what would God speak like if he was the average 19, 20-year-old in the world, right? Would God have a Snapchat? Probably not, right? Uh, because he's not a sinner. Hello. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I do it to connect with my friends. Then why are you Snapchatting at one in the morning? Hello. Oh, hello. Why do you have to use something that can delete the messages afterwards and say, oh, hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> I, I, I love you if you're a Snapchat fiend because you live life through pictures. I promise you, you have a camera on the phone and you could just take a picture and send it in the text message, hello. And here's what I'll tell you is, is that God wouldn't use that, con he wouldn't use that uh, uh, Snapchat because what he says lasts. And the reason we love Snapchat is because it's temporary. We can say something and then it comes back to us, right? We're like, hey, I really care about you. And then, and then, and then the, reason why, the reason why Snapchat even was invented was for sexting. Not because, not because, you know, we want to live life fast and, you know, communicate wherever we want to. It's literally so that we can break down the, div the, the, the divine design of sex and marriage and get all of the reward with none of the investment. And we wonder why our self-worth is lower than it's ever been. Because we don't value ourselves. Um, God doesn't have a phone number. If he was 19, 20, he probably wouldn't have a phone number. Maybe he'd have a fax. I don't know. Probably not. You guys are like, what's a fax, right? Fax, bro, right? <laughs> and they even spell it the same, F-A-X, right? A fax is, is how you would send pieces of paper back in the day. 
But how would God communicate? And can I tell you the way God communicated is he would speak. When Jesus was on the earth, Jesus wasn't writing letters. Jesus wasn't like, yo, what it do? I miss you, Lazarus, period, dot, send, right? That's not how Jesus communicated. Jesus communicated through talking, through doing life together. He didn't write letters. That's, that's something that was later on. He didn't spend a bunch of time. He spent time with the people around him. I think the reason why this is so important is because Jesus, I believe, because of this being modeled to us, was 100% present. He wasn't thinking about tomorrow. He wasn't thinking about next week. He wasn't thinking about what I'm going to do after this. He was fully present in the moment, which is why people loved him. And can I tell you, uh, God doesn't, if he was a 19-year-old, I don't think he'd have a Twitch stream. I don't think he'd have, you know, something that you could subscribe to to get access to him because Jesus wants to give access. He's not a limited commodity. And God speaks to us through his presence. Can I tell you that God speaks to us through his presence? God is not going to send you a letter in a bottle. God is not going to use a palm reading. Hello. God is not going to use your horoscope. Don't believe that junk. That's not Jesus. That's somebody trying to make $25 off of you, right? And what, I, and what I'll tell you is, is that Jesus, the reason Jesus also came down, yes, is so that we could go to heaven, but it was so that we could have his presence and we could have a personal relationship with God. Me and you are designed to have a personal relationship with God. And God speaks to us through his presence, which we have because of Jesus' death. And I'm gonna back it up with scripture. Hebrews 1.1, somebody say 1.1. Hebrews 1.1 says this, Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. Somebody say prophet. Somebody say prophesy. Right, that's where we get that word from. But a prophet was somebody who would hear God and then tell everybody else what he said. Y'all see how this could get a little misguided, a little uh, manipulated? I could look at you all and be like, I'm the prophet. God said you're all supposed to give me $100. Lock the doors until we have $100 from everybody, right? And you would go, well, that's what God said. And the reason why people get so thrown off with religion is because this is still how a lot of other religions operate today. Man, the priests can hear God. Man, they can hear God. I can't hear God. Man, they're, they're the temple monk. Man, they, can, they hear from Buddha. Man, they, they understand. They've, they've got a greater understanding. Can I tell you the reason why Christianity is actually so attractive and it is actually one of the most uh, 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 thorough, um, most uh, well-developed religions, uh, pursuits of Jesus, uh, connections, relationships uh, with, a, with a higher being that there will ever be is because everybody has access. Everyone has access. We talk about equality, and God has been doing this from the beginning. He said, no, 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 everybody gets to play. Not how much money you have, not the color of your skin, not your gender. Hello. Everyone gets to play. Everyone has access. Hebrews 1.1, long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. Okay, that's the old model. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son, he created the universe. Because Jesus died for your sins, you have relationship with him. Because he died, because there was a transaction on your behalf through Jesus, you have access to Jesus. And what I love, what I love, about, what I love about God speaking is that God speaks to individuals. Somebody say individual. Can I tell you that this is like the most Americanized thing 
in about America is it's all about me. Can I get an amen from somebody, right? Right? Like we, 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 we are so connected to me that we don't even understand like corporate, like togetherness, like unity, right? And what I want to highlight is, is that even though God speaks corporately, the reason why he died is so that he could love us. And not just look at us as a general group and just go like, I love all of you. He wants to actually speak directly to you. He wants to speak to that situation that happened when you were 10, when you were 8, when you were 7. He wants to speak directly to the college that you're going to go to. Hello. He wants to speak directly to that boy you're talking to who really just doesn't want relationship. He wants, right? There's, he wants to speak directly to you, young man, that is wrestling, that feels inadequate, that feels like you're not good enough, that no matter what you do, you'll never be good enough. He wants to speak directly to you. And that's what I love about, that's what I love about Jesus. And what I, another thing I love about Jesus and the way he speaks, I'm gonna just tell you how much I love when Jesus speaks, okay? Is that cool with y'all? What I love about it is he's not overarching. He doesn't like look at, like, because if he was gonna speak to all humanity at one time, I tried to imagine this in my mind. What would Jesus say if he had all of humanity's attention and he could only say a couple of words, what would he say? And the only thing I could come up with is do better, right? Because that's what I would say about all of us. We could all do better. Can I get an amen from somebody? You got some people in your life who could be better? You could be better, right? And, and that's what I would imagine. But what I love is that he doesn't do that and he looks at you. And no matter how hard you try to hide, hello, no matter how hard you try and run, no matter how hard you try and pretend like everything's okay, he wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to his son. He wants to speak to his daughter. He formed you in your mama's womb. He didn't form you there and then go like, okay, okay, and done. He actually wants to walk with you through all of your life. He wants to speak to us individually. Can I tell you, he knows every single part of you. Somebody say every part. Hello. Right? Things your best friend don't know about you, Jesus knows about you. Things that your mama doesn't know about you. I mean, not that you guys would ever hide anything from your mom. Cap. Not that you guys would ever, right? Everything that you would hide or try and tuck away, that, that, that thing that you're really ashamed of, God already knows about it. And that actually should give you peace, not fear. Because, man, God knows me. I don't have to pretend with God. Ooh. I don't have to wear the mask. Hello. I don't have to pretend. I don't have to act like I'm all together. When I'm sad, I can be sad with God. Ooh. When I'm, when I'm happy, I can be happy with God. When I am distraught, when I am worried, when I am anxious, I can be those things with God because he already knows you don't have to ha put a good face on for God like you do with your mom or your dad. Like, man, my parents are fighting. I better just put it together that way that I don't make it worse. Can I tell you, you don't have to do that with God. Nothing you do will make him worse. Ooh. Nothing you do good will make him better. Ooh. God doesn't, get, doesn't love you more because you read your Bible today. He's not proud of you because you did something good that you helped that person or held the door for that lady. He loves you, and there's nothing you could do to change that love. He speaks to us individually. He knows every single part of us, and he knows you better than you know yourself. And here's the next point of my message. God wants to speak to me. 
If you're taking notes, write this down. God wants to speak to me. Because I think we sometimes fall in line with like uh, 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 what would be classically um, a, a much more um, underdeveloped mindset when it comes to us and our relationship with God and our, and our church. Well, God's going to speak to the pastor and the pastor's going to tell me. Oof. Um, I don't know about you, but I, don't, I hate middlemen. I hate when I have to pay somebody who already bought the product and they charge me more for it, hello, right? Like, we, we hate that. Like, nobody gets excited about that. Nobody's like, hey, I bought it for $10, but I'll sell it to you for $12. you are like, yay, <laughs> right? Whenever you buy a pair of sneakers and they're resale, and you're like, man, retail, these were 150 bucks, but I gotta pay you 300 bucks. Nobody gets excited about that. And can I tell you, your walk with Jesus doesn't have to look like that, that you can hear God for you. That you don't have to rely on Pastor Taylor. Pastor Taylor, I just need you to tell me what God wants me to do. You know what I'm going to say? I don't know. I'm trying to hear God for me, homie. I got my own life. I got my own kid. I got my own wife. I'm trying to hear God for me. You got to hear God for you. There's a personal responsibility to your walk with Jesus. Hello. Um, This is part of being... Oh man, should I go there? This is part of being this is part of being an adult. Somebody say adult. When you want responsibilities and freedom, they come hand in hand. You don't get your driver's license and then suddenly not become liable for the 4000 pounds missile you're driving around. Right? You can't go, you can't it's not this isn't like a, some dumb grand theft auto where you kill somebody it's like oh not a big deal. As you gain freedom, you gain responsibility. And if you want a deeper freedom, connection, relationship with God, a personal responsibility comes with that. This ain't Sunday school. This ain't kids, kids camp 2012, I don't know, whatever. This ain't, this ain't us going to kids camp and us doing coloring books and you showing mom and dad that you painted something. <laughs> and they go, what is that? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> A personal level of responsibility is actually what speeds up your walk with Jesus more than anything else. When it stops being about mommy and daddy and what God told them and you doing it for you. For when you are ready to take on all of life's responsibilities, you'll have a relationship with, with Jesus. Can I tell you, um, one of the ways I like to imagine my relationship with Jesus is I like to imagine it like as if... Um, I was, I was going to have lunch with Jesus, with Jesus, right? How many of y'all have ever thought about like what, what, like if you ever got to have a meal with like your, your favorite person in the whole wide world, tell me some of your guys, like if you could have a lunch with anybody, ready, set, go, who is it? Zendaya, right? Zendaya, right? Okay, who else? Who else? Who else? Some of y'all are scared. Beethoven, right? Chase, who are you having lunch with? Steph Curry, dog, right? Right? And Steph's going to be like, wow, you wear my shoes. You must really like me, right? What else? Who else would we want to meet? Who else would you want to meet? Santa. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it, right? Break, break, break. Who else? Who else? Joey, who'd you want to meet? Dang, you don't have anybody? He's like Pastor Nestor. If Pastor Nestor is in here, that's who I want to have lunch with, right? Who else? Who else? 
Ryan Reynolds, ooh, the goose man. No, not the goose man, I'm mixing them up. Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling is way cuter than Ryan Reynolds, I'm just gonna say it, I'm gonna drop the mic. The goose man forever, all right. Tom Hanks, right? Old man Tom Hanks, right? You guys remember when he was young? Probably not, because you guys are young, but who else, who else? Julian, who do you wanna have lunch with? Michael Jordan? 100%. Will Ferrell. Everyone, stretch your hands towards Julian. <laughs> Good Lord. Who else? Who else? Anybody else? Come on, y'all talk to me. Talk to me. Beyonce? Anybody Beyonce? No? <laughs> Harrison Ford. I love Han Solo, right? Who you got, bud? Who you got in the back? Who? Mr. Beast, smart man. He's walking out with $500,000 from that lunch. Genius, right? One of the things I'll tell you is if you got to sit down with your, with your hero, if you got to sit down with one person, right, maybe you're attracted to them, maybe you're not, maybe it's just a, a hero of your life, and you got to sit down with them, and, and you were like, hey, you know what? I want this to be more than just one lunch. I want this to be a relationship, right? How would you approach that lunch? Would you get ready 10 minutes before you were supposed to be there? Ooh, probably not. Probably not. You probably wouldn't like throw on like just the nastiest thing ever and be like, hey, see the stain? It's ketchup from McDonald's three weeks ago, right? That's probably not how you would approach it. But you would approach it with a little bit of like planning. You would be aware, right? You would probably not take them if they were like, pick whatever restaurant you want. You're probably not picking Taco Bell. Unless you, you know, don't want to ever talk to them ever again, right? You're like, hello, Beethoven. Welcome to Taco Bell. Your life's about to change, right? And one of the things I would say is, like, you would plan. You would take him to a nice place. You would go, man, how can I make this special? How can I make this intentional? And if you were going to develop relationship with them the way you would do it, let me ask, would we just sit across the table and just look at each other? No. Right? You're going to weird them out. They'll never, unless you're like, unless it's the goose man, then that's okay. I will permit just staring at the goose man. No. No, he won't. He, I won't do that. You wouldn't just stare at him. If you got a chance to have lunch with them, you probably would not be on your phone the whole time. I don't care if, like, unless it's like mom calling and it's like the fourth or fifth call mom calls, then I'm answering, right? But I'm going to be like, yo, I, I get one lunch with this person. I get one lunch. This is special. This is unique. This is, this is monumental. Um, we probably wouldn't go into the restaurant and talk to the other people the whole time. We probably wouldn't stand at the front and just be like, man, how about the game? Wow, the NFL playoffs are going on, right? Like, no, no, no. I have a lunch, and I'm supposed to be sitting with this person talking with them. Would we sit and talk, or would you sit and talk the whole time? You'd want them to talk, right? You don't want to go into this meeting like, let's just, let's just take Ryan Reynolds as the example. And you're like, man, I want to talk to Ryan Reynolds. I'm just going to tell him about all of my math class, right? I hope he just loves me talking about Algebra 2, right? I'm just going to talk to him about how many Instagram followers I have, right? No, 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 no. You're going to want him to talk and him to ask you questions to be a part of a conversation with him. And can I tell you, we develop relationship with God the same way. Can I tell you, if you want to develop a relationship with Jesus, being on your phone is not a recipe for success. 
if you want to develop a relationship with Jesus where he's speaking, because can I tell you, every single person we listed is imperfect and broken and flawed and will fail you, and maybe we'll have a scandal come out in the next couple of, couple of years, and we'll be, it will be failed, and they'll lose everything, or, or something will happen, and you'll be like, they're not my hero anymore. Can I tell you, there's one person who has never failed, and his name is Jesus, and you have an opportunity to meet with him every single day, every single moment of your entire life. You could spend with Jesus, and he would give you his complete attention. But we treat it like, Ah, it's just it's just a Wednesday. It's just normal. God desires to build relationships with us in the same way. Not just you talking, but you and God talking. You listening and him listening. And here's the question I want to ask, and this is a rhetorical, you don't have to answer it. But when was the last time you just stopped and listened to God? Stopped everything you were doing, shut the TV off, put the phone away, put it on do not disturb, and just listened to God. And some of you are like, yeah, I've been doing that, Pastor Taylor. I'm in a fast, which is awesome. But when was the last time you did it? Not because somebody from a platform was encouraging you to do it. When was the last time you did it and weren't trying to get a word for the year from it? When was the last time you did it and you weren't seeking an answer? You just did it to listen to God because you love him and you want to hear what's on his voice, on his mind. You want to hear his voice and know what's on his mind. One of the things that I'll tell you is that just listening to God, for me, grants peace like I've never experienced before because I'm listening to somebody who actually knows everything, who actually has it all together. Right? You listen to your friend and your friend's like, you know what you need to do? And you're like, you're 14 too. Don't tell me how to live my life. Right? You go to somebody and, and you listen to your grandpa and your grandpa's like, you know what you need to do? And you're like, bro, it's not 1935 anymore. That doesn't work. Right? Right? You listen to somebody and they're, they're, on, they're on a TED talk and they're like, you know what you need to do? You just need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and do it. And you're like, I'm 12. I don't own bootstraps. Right? But when you talk to God, God knows exactly where you're at. He doesn't generalize. He speaks directly to you. Listening to God is easier when you're younger. And you're like, no, it's not. No, it's not, Pastor Taylor. Once I get older, God stops speaking so confusing. No, he doesn't. <laughs> it's because his ways are not our ways. He doesn't speak like a human because he's not a human. <laughs> He doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't speak in, I don't know, maybe he does to some people. He doesn't speak in like youthy terms. He's not like, yo, that message was bussing. That's not how God speaks to me. Maybe he speaks to you like that. If he does, please see me after service. We're going to pray that off. So, <laughs> Listening to God is easier when you're younger because there's not so many weights on you. There's not so many responsibilities. There's not so much pain of life yet. And I actually want to back this up with scripture. And Joey, you can make your way up here. 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 10 says this. If you have your Bibles, I would actually turn there. This is actually a passage of scripture. I, I was joking with some of our, our team. And I go, man, I've preached this message probably, I don't even know. Probably like in the four years, five years, five years of youth ministry, I've probably preached this message like 12 or 13 times, okay? I've used this passage of scripture a lot. 
And the reason why is because I think that this is so true of who God is. That he does not, what I love about God is he's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't go, who's the oldest, most mature, wisest person in the room? That's not how God looks. God is speaking to every single one of us individually. And he's actually looking for who's listening, not who's the best. Who's listening? 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 10, if you're there, say I'm there. If you're, if you're not there, say help. Perfect. 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 10 says this. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel. Somebody say Samuel. Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in the, those days, messages from the Lord, remember we were talking about prophets and how they spoke and God would speak to them. Messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now. Somebody say blind. He's almost blind by now, has gone to bed. Here's, here's the image. Samuel is probably 12, maybe 11 years old. He's a young boy. And you've got Eli, who is so old, he's almost blind. Now, I know some, I know some people who are um, advanced in age, but they're not going blind yet. That means Eli is extensively old. Samuel feels alone. Samuel doesn't have other 12-year-olds to run around with. Samuel's relationship is not even with his family now. His family has committed him to the Lord, and that's where he's spending his time. Samuel is, is alone. Verse 3, the lamp of God had not gone out, yet gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Verse four, suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Hello. Check that out. Who was speaking to Samuel? God. Who did he run to? Eli. And here's what I wanna tell you, young man, young woman. When God speaks to you, it's not somebody else. If God is speaking, it's because he's speaking to you. Not because he wants to speak to Pastor Taylor to tell you, to confirm you, and he actually has something specific for you. Verse four, suddenly the Lord called out Samuel. He replied, he runs up, did you call me? Watch what Eli says, I didn't call you, go back to bed. Right, how many of y'all have ever gotten that from mom, dad, right? You wake them up in the middle of the night, you're like, mom, I heard a noise, go back to bed, right? Right, I, I I love the I love the I love the the shared connection point that I think most people have is completely sidebar. Sorry, this has nothing to do with this story. But when you wake up and you forgot that you have a project due, and you go in to wake your mom up at like one a.m., you're like, "Mom, I have a project due," and she's like, "What?" Right? That's what's happened to Eli. He just got told, "Go back to bed." So he did. Verse 6, then the Lord called out again. Samuel, again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, go back to bed. Verse 7, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. It's okay to not know who's speaking because you're young and you're learning. But he still wants to speak. He's not waiting for you to hit a certain age before he speaks to you. Verse eight, so the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? 
I imagine Eli is at the point of either slapping this boy, like tying him to his bed, like, like when you get woke up three times in one night, you're like, I should just stay up. This is over. The night is ruined, right? I'm not going back to sleep. I'm going to get a bowl of cereal and call it a day, right? So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. Verse 10, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. What I love about this passage is that Samuel didn't come with a list of things he needed an answer on. He doesn't come and be like, hey, I need to know who I'm marrying. I need to know which college I need to go to. I need to know what things I need to buy. I need to know if this person is for me or against me. He doesn't, that's not how Samuel approached hearing God. He approached God and just said, speak, Lord. Your servant's listening. And here's how I want to close tonight. If you bow your heads and close your eyes all across this place. This is a private moment. It's between people and Jesus, between them and Jesus. If you're in this place and you'd say, Pastor Taylor, I really don't have a relationship with Jesus. I've made decisions. I've walked away from him. But I need Jesus to be first in my life. Or maybe you're in this place and you go, man, I've never (laughs) known Jesus. This is my first time, Pastor Taylor. I really don't even know who Jesus is. If you're in in this place and you say, that's me, Pastor Taylor, I I need to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, would you just raise your hand all across this place? Just raise it up. Just raise it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So proud of you. Thank you. Those of you that raise your hands, you guys can put your hands down. Altar team, you guys can go ahead and get into position. As they're getting into position, would you stand to your feet all across this place? And here's, here's what I want to ask. If as you stand up, would you just, just for privacy, would you bow your heads, close your eyes just one more time? Or you'd say, that was me, Pastor Taylor. I raised my hand to have a relationship with Jesus. I wanna encourage you, I'm gonna count to three and I want you to get out of your seat and come find somebody to pray with up here. They're gonna pray with you and here's what I believe. I believe that there's gonna be a breaking off. There's gonna be a breakthrough for you because of your pursuit of Jesus and relationship with him. With all heads bowed, all eyes closed, if that's you, I'm gonna count to three and I want you to get out of your seat. One, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Two, this is between you and Jesus. Three, get out of your seat right now. Come find somebody to pray with right now. If you raise your hand, come find somebody to pray with. Come find somebody to pray with. Come on, can we celebrate these who are making their way down? So proud of you. 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 Here's the next part, as they're receiving prayer, I think there's some people, if you're really honest, you'd go, Pastor Taylor, I don't feel like I can hear from God. (laughs) I feel like that's a you thing, Pastor Taylor. You're a pastor, you're older, you can do that. Maybe you're in this place and you go, Pastor Taylor, I've messed up too bad. 
I've looked at things, I've done things, I've taken advantage, I've, I've been a bad person. There's no way I could hear from God. And can I tell you, hearing from God is not, how, not about how perfect you are. Hearing from God is about the position of your heart. And if you're in this place and you go, Pastor Taylor, I don't feel like I can hear from God. I wanna pray for you. But before I do that, if that's you and you're in this place, and you go, I don't feel like I can hear, for God, hear from God. Would you just raise your hand? Just say, man, I don't feel like I, thank you. Thank you, I'm so proud of you. So proud of you, so proud of you, so proud of you. You guys can put your hands down. Here's what I wanna encourage. If you raise your hand, I want you to get out of your seat and come find somebody to pray with and they're gonna pray for you to hear from God. Go ahead, get out of your seat, get out of your seat, get out of your seat, find somebody to pray with. And here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna wait just a little bit while these guys receive prayer, receive their salvation, all that awesomeness stuff. But if you're in your seats, would you just begin to worship God and just spend a little bit of time with him as we close out tonight? Not, not because there's lyrics, not because they're gonna start singing, but they're just gonna play. And can you worship God from your own place, from your own relationship with him?